There is a reason why we would sing such a song. And um, we will get to that in just a little bit when we look in the script scriptures together. Um, and it occurs to me that perhaps you have the outline in front, front, in front of you in the bulletin. And it occurs to me that perhaps because of the message of the song we just sang, maybe we'll do the outline backwards this morning. We'll see when we get there. Be, before that, though, I would like to uh, take, take a moment to um, just echo what Tom said uh, as far as thanking our missionaries who were able to come in. Uh, for the week weekend, uh, you've helped make it a special time for us. We, we've had a great time. All of the, the events and the times we've been able to vi visit. And also to um, emphasize again another thing that Tom said when he asked them how long ago uh, did, 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 did you leave here. Uh, you younger folks need to, I hope you heard what they, they, they said. But one thing I wanted to add to that was that they didn't go someplace else to start a ministry. They were involved in the work of the ministry here. They changed locations. Their, their ministry simply changed lo locations. And um, uh, we don't have details to share with you this morning, but there are several young people in our church who are at this time con con considering a future uh, in cross-cultural vocational ministry and this is one thing that we have been sharing with them is whenever they go if God leads them to go they won't be going somewhere to start something brand new they'll be relocating uh, their their ministry their fo focus won't change just their lo location and uh, we are especially thankful uh, that Alex and Lisa Pantoja could be with, with us. Thank, thank you all for coming. It was a, ble a blessing to us that they needed to be in Texas for a while, uh, receiving some cert certifications in order to continue their ministry, uh, perhaps in, Tur in Turkey. So because they were here, it was a ble blessing. Uh, some, someone in our church uh, was so, so kind to pay, pay for their, their travel expenses so that they could come it was a huge blessing. One of the other things that I would like to do before we get into the scriptures and um, one of the things that I that is peculiar about me is I'm not very emotional. And uh, I uh, sometimes am hard-hearted, but as I look around the room and thank God that we're so blessed to have a church family like this and to be able to spend a weekend rejo rejoicing in a reunion with our friends who were here and they left and they come back from time, time to time. And... Uh, it, it made me think 
of three, three other friends who couldn't be with us today, but who, as I mentioned them and speak a little bit of their lives, we get a ser sermon. In fact, maybe when I'm done with that, we may be done because of the, the, ser the sermon that their lives have been live, lived out, out, out before for us. And so when I think of the missions movement here at Mel Mel Melanie Park, I, I thought, you know, I just can't help but mention these, these men and these fam fam families. First one I remember, I think, think of uh, is uh, our friend Glenn Sharp, who went home to be with his Lord late last fall. As I think about Glenn and the missions movement here at Melanie Park, Glenn was an, an encourager, a great encourager. And he was a giver. That, that was part, part of his ministry in the missions movement here. And the le legacy that he and Gwen have created through their giving and their encouragement and all the things that they, they did together and she continues to do is a huge ble blessing uh, to many various ministries and, and different locations in the world and will continue to do, do so. And um, so I just wanted to mention Glenn as an exa example of an encourager and a giver. And he's not with us now, but his le legacy will continue on. And we just also remem remember that we missed that smile when he came through the door every Sunday. Next, um, I remember um, one of my me mentors, Dick Courtney, um, Dick took the place of my dad in being one who would consistently straighten me out <laughs> when my theology was a little off or I had the wrong view of things or I wasn't driving fast enough when we were <laughs> trips. Dick went home to be with the Lord earlier this, this year and I look at him and Yvonne as uh, exa examples of, of goers. So we have our give givers and our go and our goers. The thing that made me think think, think about Dick and about Dick, Dick and Yvonne together is they just kept going and going and going, going. They took God's message of reconciliation to Japan for 15 years, and then to Mexico for 20 years, and then. For more than two de decades, they maintained an, an active ministry among university students here at Texas Tech, including Dick's daily vivid, vivid visits to J&B and to Starbucks until he just couldn't do, do it anymore. Um, and, and so when I think, think of them, I think, think of them as goers. And fi finally, we remember the day. My friend, uh, Jan. Whitaker. Jan went home to be with the Lord just four, four, just four weeks ago. And Jan was the consummate sender, a very, very active sender. Most of you don't know this. This is going to be new, news to you, but, but you're going to really appreciate this. Jan went on the very first exposure trip taken by any group from Melanie Park 
And that trip became the first step in the formation of our missions movement at Melly Park almost 30, 35 year, years ago. So had Jan and those few others not, not gone, I don't know what we would have here, but Jan was on that very first trip and he was one of the instigators and he was one of the cat, catalysts of the movement, movement as we have it today. He served on the mi missions um, committee for more years than anybody else in the church, uh, right up to his home, home going. He was always co committed to the pro progress of this move movement. He had a huge heart for missionary pro prospects and the can candidates whenever they got, they got to that point. And he and Linda have always been available to help with the, the, the details of our conferences over the year, over the years and, and all those kinds of things going on. So as you can see, um, there's our giver, our goer, our sender. Sounds like the content's a pretty good sermon, right? So all I can say about that is, well, those men and their, fa fa their, and their, fa and their families lived out that sermon among, among us, and we have others in our church family who continue to do, do that to this day. Uh, we miss them and will continue to miss them, but we won't forget the tremendous le legacy. Meredith, would you get me a Kleenex, please? So, if you look in your thanks, babe. If you look 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 in your bulletin, uh, you'll see that uh, we actually have an, an outline there and a, a title. It's what I wanted to share with you this morning, entitled Li "Living as God's Clay Pots." Mark, what do you mean by that? Well, Paul uh, in Second Second Corinthians, which is where we'll spend our time this morning. Paul makes a state, statement in chap, chapter 4 and where he says in verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Well, in West, Te West Texas, we don't often call things earthen vessels, but we use the name clay pots all the time, right? So I thought I would just use a name that we understand. Uh, Paul calls us earthen ve vessels. I would call us, call it, use the name clay pots. Now, what I think I may do is we may actually do this thing back backwards, and as always, if you have four points that you want to cover, there's not enough time, right? So in, in the class that I get to teach some with Matt, Matt Wade, uh, if I get to teach for two or three weeks at a time, it's no big deal, right? I, do, I go as far as I can go, I stop, I pick it up the next week, go until I stop, and then we fin finish it up the third week. Well, we only have 27 minutes. So that obviously won't ha happen. There's no way to cover everything here that would be. And Todd hasn't asked me to speak the next three weeks, so we won't be able to get a point each, each week. But, but let's just do it th this way. L let me give you the re references for each of those four set sections. And, and then if you decide that you want to go read yourself, you'll have those re references. And they go along with the title of each of those four set sections um, and, and then we, we'll just we'll decide how far we we can get if we were in section number one there call well, I have there the calling of the clay pots that's our reconciliation to God that that Paul speaks of that in second Corinthians chapter 5 you begin with verse 14 and you you can read about uh, read about what he has to say about that 
down through verse 21. Now, if we were to do it together this morning, we would take parts of those, ver of those verses to cover in section number one. Section number two, the ra radiance of clay, clay pots. This is referring to our transformation before the world. And the ver verses we would look at in 2 Corinthians there, would, we would begin in cha chapter 3 and use verses 17 and 18, which I actually will refer to those today no matter what we do. And then we would continue on in cha chapter 4 with verses 8 through 10. And when we look at those three, three, for three verses, we would refer back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Then part number three, the tre treasure in the clay pots. Uh, I subtitled that our mi mission to the lost or our mission to, to the world. We definitely will talk about that in ju just a few, min a few minutes. And, and if we were to be able to get through, through very much of that, we would begin with 2 Corinthians ch chapter 4, verse 7. That's the verse I quoted you a minute ago where Paul says, We have this tre treasure in earthen vessels. And then he goes on to explain the reason God uses earthen vessels like me and you is so we don't get any glory out of it. If we think we're hot stuff, just go look in the mirror. No, okay. If God wanted something really good looking, he would have used a gold vessel or a silver vessel, but he decided to use us. <laughs> And we look as good as we, as we do as good to ourselves as we can do, and that's as good as we can do, right? Okay, all right, enough about that. The, the last thing, the promise to the clay pots. Um, our hope for now and for, for, for ever, ever. We would look in First Peter. Um, we let Peter get in on this, this today and te teach us a little bit. And, and um, we would go to First Peter chapter 1. And read verses 3 through 9, which I think we may have time to do that also. Um, but as I think about the, the well, let me uh, say this before we get into the scriptures. Um, as you can see, almost everything is from 2 Corinthians this morning. And uh, Paul, um, this was the letter, our second Corinthians is pro probably the fourth le letter that Paul wrote to that church. Uh, and um, th this is what was going on at, at, at the time. Just kind of give us a little bit of a taste of what was going on and what was going on in Paul's, Paul's heart as we lo look at this. Um, Paul had been in Ephesus for a little less than three years. And during that time he was in Ephesus... Uh, by reading the script scriptures, we, we surmised that Paul had probably written three let letters to the church in, Cor in Corinth before we get to 2 Corinthians. More than likely, from Ephesus, he had made a trip to, Cor to Corinth that is not, re recor not, not recorded except it's slightly mentioned in scripture. And... Um, there had just been, been a revolt. There had been an upri uprising by the idol uh, unions. 
and they were all upset because Paul and the people who had come to faith in Jesus Christ in the Ephesus area were, pre pre were preaching the gospel and saying that these idols that, that they sold and people were who worshipped were dead. There was no life to them, but there was life in, G in Jesus Christ. So one of the head men starts this, this rumor going around, which happened to be the truth. And uh, so this, this revolt, this riot sort, sort of break, breaks out. Well, the scripture says that when that thing calmed down, Paul left there. Paul had written a letter to the Corinthian church and sent it with Titus. This would have been letter number three. And he desperately wanted to hear from, from, from Titus. So he left Ephesus, and you're looking at your map. He left Ephesus, he headed north to Troas. So there was an, ar an arrangement he had made, hoping to meet up with Titus in Troas, having left Ephesus, and he would eventually go around all the way to Cor Corinth. He gets to, Tro to Troas, and the scripture says that there was a great opening for the work there that, that, that Paul was involved in, the, the spreading of the gospel, the discipling of new believers. But he said he was so distressed that he couldn't stay, stay there. Well, what would cause the distress? Well, the distress came because he had already made a trip over to Corinth. He had written two extra letters that we don't even have copies of. So that lets us know that there was something going on, his, on in his heart about that, that, that church. Now the verses we're going to look at give us an idea of one of the things that he was concerned with. But anyway, he was so distressed he couldn't even stay in Troas. Even though there were many people there to share the gospel and people were responding to the gospel, he just couldn't stay. He had to keep going. So he headed on north into Macedonia. And somewhere in Macedonia, he and Titus link up. Titus has come around and meets him there. And so he spends who knows how long getting the report from Titus about how things were going in Corinth. And he says in 2 Corinthians, that letter, that he was greatly encouraged by, by what he heard. So we wonder, okay, what had him all uptight what was he one wondering about well one of the things that 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 was going on there is he was having to do di discipline by long distance having to help help them with certain di dis discipline issues and so he was concerned how this latest di discipline issue was going and he was waiting to hear back and so when titus comes titus tells him that they've handled it well they've, ha they've handled it well but one of the other problems you find out if you read 2 Corinthians that Paul writes back to them, but one of the issues that he was concerned about were the false te teachers. So by that time, the church at, Cor at Corinth has been in, in, in existence for some time, but as, Paul, uh, as Todd taught us months, I don't know how long ago it's been now, that, that part of the world where, Cor Cor where Corinth was, where the Aegean Sea and the Ionian Sea kind of almost came together, a little strip of land, there was Corinth. So there were all these gods, all these religions that were pra practiced there. And so Paul was concerned about that effect on the church. And so that's one of the things he was, he was concerned, concerned about because the Jewish false pro pro prophets were adding things to the gospel. They were saying that you had to be circumcised and you had to keep some of the... the what they called the customs of Moses, which actually were not customs of Moses at all, 
But, but that's what they were saying just to confuse the people and draw them away from, from the truth. Then there were the Gentile false, prop, false prop, prop, prophets also who were okay with, G, with G, Jesus being another god to worship, but he was no more than any other god, and unless they could make money by preaching G, Jesus, they would incorporate whatever truth they had to in order to make money and to support themselves. So these are the things, these are some of the things that Paul had to deal, deal with. In fact, um, let me just turn, turn over and read to you, if I can find it, 2 Timothy chapter 4. About 10 years later, Paul would write his very last letter that we know of to Timothy. And, and this will be about 10, 10 years after 2 Corinthians is written, about 10 years after Paul goes to Corinth for the last time that we have recorded. About 10 years later, later Paul's in prison for the last time, and he th feels like he won't live for very much long, longer. And here's what he says to, ten, to Timothy in chapter 4, verse 3. This is 10 years later. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Well, this wasn't the first time Paul became concerned about that, that issue. Paul was concerned about that issue 10 years before when he write, writes this letter to the, to the Corinthians. In fact, somewhere in 2 Corinthians, he even tells the Corinthians he, he says, the distress that I'm under is for all of the church, churches. He was concerned about all the, church, the churches that he had been involved with. So th this, is what, this is what's going on in Paul's heart. And he um, ho hooks up with Titus. Here's that, that he gets a good, good report, but yet he writes this letter. And the things I just talked talk about are in this letter that he writes back to them. Titus then takes the letter goes on ahead of Paul, on to, Cor to Corinth, and then Paul goes through Macedonia, and I'm sure he stops and visits all the chur churches that had been planted on, on his way to, Cor to Corinth, and he does get, get, get there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, as I said a minute ago, as we read, read these, these titles, he talks to them, he reminds them of God's plan of reconciliation there in chapter 5. He also reminds them of the transformation that is taking place in their lives. And this was not an instant transformation. This is a transformation that once they became believers, then there was growth taking place. And he reminds them of this transformation that's taking place in their lives. And then he reminds them of the mission that he had and also the mission that they had to the world, and, and we see that again in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's do this with just the few, few minutes we, we have. Let's consider our last point, if, if we could. So if you'll turn to 1 Peter chap, chapter 1. Let's do it back, backwards. What would cause us to sing a song like I, I Surrender, all, all, all to you? What, what would cause followers of Jesus Christ 
to sing that, that a song like, like that. Now, some of you know the old hymn, All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender, Lord, I give myself to thee. Worldly treasure, treasures all forsaken. Okay, so some, some of y'all know the, the old hymn, and we, we sing it every once in a while around here. But what is it inside of you and me that would cause us to sing that, that, that song? Well, one of the things that would cause us to do, do that is let's think about the world, okay? Let's think about the world around, around us. It, are things wonderful getting better in, in this world? Things are not getting better in this world. Now, Gary mentioned earlier this morning a theology that is growing in our country and in in the world, and that theology says things are getting better. Well, things are not not getting better. But one of the things that would cause us to sing a song like like, like that is this promise promise to us earthen vessels, this promise to us clay pots. If you'll turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, let's look at verse 3, and just read this promise together. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that is the source of our hope. You can't add anything to it. That's the source of our hope. The fact that Jesus came, he died, he rose from from the dead. And because he died, we died. Because he rose, we rose. I'm I'm doing 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 5 for us, okay? That's what it says. If you go back and read it later on in the day. He died, we died. He rose, we rose. We who have believed in his name rose with, with him and will live for him. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. What happens if you get to 80 or 85 years old and you've made a bunch of money and accumulated a lot of stuff and you get sick and die? What if you die real slowly and that's all there is to your life is what you've accumulated and done? And you die real slowly and you fade away. What inheritance do you have? Well, that's the world. I mean, that, that's what Satan wants. In fact, Satan is even me- mentioned in 2 Corinthians chap- chapter 4, verse 4, whenever, he's talk, talk, when, whenever Paul talk, talks about, um, I may even have that written down somewhere, I don't know. Anyway, when, when he ta- talks about uh, one of the things that we ha- have inside of us, Satan tries to, to block that. He tries to keep us from having the message of Christ in our hearts. Because if we do, what are we going to do with it? We're going to keep it to ourselves? No. We're going to share that with the lost world. And Satan doesn't like, like that. But that's his plan. His plan is that everybody around us live their lives, have success, have children, have fun, do fun things, accumulate nice things, and have a great life. And Satan's plan is that you have a great, great life. And when you get to the end, you realize you had nothing. And he's got you. He has another one going where he's going. Well, here's what the scripture says. That we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away. 
like all the stuff we have. Reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You, you, you know what? Part of the honor to him is and part of the glory that he that he receives it's when we go through these things that are a little bit bit tough but but we trust in him and because we know the day day the day will come when all that that's gone and we are with him but how does that relate to the world well let's go to second Cor Cor corinthians chapter four and let's look at this together in this this will be our point, okay? This will be our point today. We're going to talk about the part of the one of the part one of the tre treasures that's inside you clay clay pots. Verse seven, Second Corinthians chapter four. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power of will be of God and not from ourselves. And look what Paul says next. We are afflicted. What did P Peter say? We will be afflicted, but we go through it. And someday when we're before G G G Jesus, he's glorified. We're glor glorified. And all those things don't matter anymore. But why should I have to go through, through that? See, if we had time to look at this stuff and, and develop it, we, we would see that we are the earthen vessel that Paul's talking about and that there are, tre are treasures stored inside the earthen ve ve the vessel. One of them in chapter 3 is called the ministry of ri righteousness. In cha chapter 5, one of the tre tre treasures is called the ministry of re reconciliation. Then down a few ver ver verses later, another treasure is the word of reconciliation. Not only God has, has God reconciled you to himself, but what, that, what happened inside of you, then he gave you the words to be able to tell somebody what happened inside of you. And then, then if we look at, ver at verses like cha chapter 4, verse 8, we're afflicted in every way but not, not crushed. What happens to those who are not in Christ? They're afflicted in every way and they are crushed. Per, perplexed, but not, but not, but not de despairing. Sometimes we are perplexed. Sometimes we don't understand. But those who are in Christ are perplexed and sometimes don't understand. But they're not de despairing. What about those who have no faith, who do not trust in Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ has not redeemed them. They have not heard heard, heard the good news. Whenever they are perplexed and they don't understand, what do they do? They go, yeah, they, 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 they despair and try to figure it out, but, but not us. And so well, well, why, why would we be perplexed but, not, but not, not despairing? Well, the answer is back over in chapter, chapter 3. Flip back over to verses 17 and 18. Here's why. And here's why it's so important that we understand the treasure that we have within us. Look at verse 17 of chapter 3. I got three, three minutes. Great place to end. Now the Lord is the Spirit, 
And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Whose spirit lives within you? The instant that you believe, whose spirit came to live within you and dwell you? The spirit of God, right? The spirit spirit of of Jesus Christ. There, There are those who preach a gospel that says, you do this, 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 and this, and then you're saved. According to this verse, according to what we're looking at here, the instant that you move from death to life, the Spirit indwells you. Now, you tell me when that instant was for you. Do you know the exact instant? Some of you said, I was lost, and somebody prayed with me, and I felt the Spirit come into me, and I knew that I was a believer. Some, Some of you say... I studied the word, people shared with me, and there was one day all of a sudden I realized, yes, that's true. Well, well, there are people who say, you got to do this, 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 and and once you've done that right there, boom, you're saved. Well, it's when the Spirit comes into you is when you're saved. And saved means saved from eternal death to eternal life. Look what it says. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, but we all... With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image as what we see if we look in the mirror. I just kind of added the rest of the thought for us. From glory to even more glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Say, okay, Mark, tell me what that means in the last 30 seconds you have. What what that means is, what, what Paul was saying to the Corinthians because they still lacked a little bit in their understanding because they were being bombarded by the false teachers right and left, was this. You have this treasure within you. It's called the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. It's called the word of reconciliation. It's called the gospel of the glory of Christ. Paul uses all those phrases, and that's what it—that's what that treasure is. What I just said to you is those are the components of the treasure that is with within us. If somebody is wandering around, they're perplexed and they're despairing, and they don't know what what to do. Who are they going to look to to help them figure it out? Are they going to look to all the other despairing, perplexed? People who are being crushed day day by day that are just like them. No, no, this is why God put this treasure in those who have believed on his name is so what it says here, we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of, of, of the Lord. That's so when people see you, they see something that's not inside of them. And so that our mission is to take that treasure out of the pot and give it away. And guess what happens as we take the treasure out of the pot and give it away? Guess what happens? Does the pot ever get empty? No, the pot never gets empty. You can share the love of Jesus Christ with as many as you want to, and you're always going to have a love of Jesus Christ to share because you're doing what you were called to do. We're doing what we were called to do when we take that treasure out of the pot and give give it away. And people people will know that that treasure is there because of what's in your face. 
that's what this picture is in verse 17 and, and 18 when he says that we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord we're being transformed into the same image from glory to even more glory just as from the Lord who is the spirit that's what people see when this tre treasure is inside you and me that's what they see that's different from them is this transformation that that that's going on from glory to even more, more, more glory as we take this treasure and give, give, it, give, give it away. That's how they know who to see. That, that's how they know what is true is because of that glow on your face. Now go home and look, look in the mirror and see, see what, what you see. Do you see somebody that's totally despairing and has no hope? Or do you see somebody that peeps? That, that Peter talks about and says we have this inheritance and even though we may go through trials we come out on the other side in glory okay if the music team would come back back up we're, we're going to pray um, <laughs> and you're going to say How, what, what did we just do well I'm asking them to. I've asked them to come back, back up, and we're going to close in prayer. But our closing prayer is going to be a song. The title of this song, you know, this song, we sing it from time, time to time. And the title of the song is, "I, I can't believe. I can't believe you chose someone like me to declare your praise to the glory of your grace." So, if you would stand, stand with us, please. And let's. In the fall you were there, grace began before I was aware, a shame to break for me to hide, covered now because of Jesus Christ. I can't you did not owe, so that I could know you, how can it be, you chose someone like me, to declare your praise, for the glory of your